Thank you so much for today. It was amazing. I'm just going to put a, a, a little video on just to start, just to let us enter in, and then we'll take it from there. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. God's declaration of love for his people. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and the root of your life. Those that have done the Keys to Freedom course, there's a few in here, aren't there? Um, will understand the importance of the roots, the understanding of how important that our roots are healthy, that we can, from those roots, we can draw the, the life, the energy, the sustenance from God. Do you know that God prayed for you? Just in case you don't, when I was a very, 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 very young believer, in fact, it was the day before I actually gave my heart to Jesus Christ, 
I was in a meeting. A friend of mine had invited me along to a meeting outside Kilmarnock somewhere, the holy town of Kilmarnock. <laughs> and they invited. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my journey began, Debbie, believe it or not. Um, but everybody knows God's town's Irvine, you know. <laughs> so, so, here I am, 26 years old. I'm invited by my friend, and he invites me along to this meeting. And he sa- I say, what kind of meeting? A Christian meeting? I says, what kind of Christian meeting? Ah, uh, you know, it's kind of interdenominational. It could be anything. And um, so I said, okay, but for weeks and for months before then, um, he had been living in Dublin, and he'd come back to Scotland with his Irish wife, and uh, he himself had come to Christ at a Lewis Palau rally in Dublin many years ago. So he said, would you come to this meeting? And I kept putting away, putting away, putting away, kicking the ball down the road a bit, until finally I said, Jim, I'll go to your meeting if you promise never to mention the name of Jesus Christ to me again. (laughs) And he said, okay. So I went along, and in that meeting, for the first time I came face to face with people who truly love God. And there were all denominations there. There's Baptists and Presbyterians. There's some Catholics. There was even a Catholic, there was actually two Catholic nuns there. But at the end of the meeting, somebody said to me, "Nothing's expected of you. Just relax and enjoy the meeting. Observe what's happening." I'm saying I'm happy to do that. At the end of the meeting, somebody came and put a little red book in my hands. And my first thought was the thoughts of Chairman Mao. But it was a little gospel and it was John's gospel. I took John, I took that little red book home. And my wife said to me, What happened? What happened at that meeting tonight? I says, I I don't have words to describe what's happened to me. But what happened to me? was that God showed me my own heart. And in that heart of mine, as in all of your hearts, there's a space that only he can fill. Some of us have tried all sorts of things to fill that empty place, but it's only him that can do it. So I opened John's Gospel and I turned to John 17. Now if this is the only bit of scripture that I had ever known or ever would know, I would have got saved with this one piece of scripture. This is how important this one piece of scripture is. Because it's a declaration of love for you. And and it's telling you straight 
I am praying for you. Our Savior, Jesus. I hope you'll hear this like you've never heard this before. So he says, this is Jesus' words, so with deep love I pray for these disciples. But I ask not only for these disciples, but for those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray that they should be joined together as one, even as you and I are one. I pray not only for these, his own disciples, that we all know a good bit about now, but here goes, here's the bit. I pray not only for them, but I pray for those who will hear and believe in me through their words. Here's it. Jesus' hand is going down through the generations. He's putting his hand down all those hundreds of years. He gets to you, Roberta, James, Ian. We pray for each and every one of us. He knew us before the foundation of love. Jesus knew very well that one day you'll be sitting here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I pray not only for them, but I pray for those who believe in me because of their message. And we're living in that place now. And that's the great commission, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, that we can share what Jesus is to us with others we can tell them how much Jesus loves them how much God loves them these days we are spending time with each other this weekend at the very beginning of a new year we're here because we're learning about resilience but we're living in a perpetual storm of uncertainty. So we need to learn how to be resilient in the world that God has placed us in, the time and history God has placed us in. So our resilience is the ability to face the difficulties and the challenges of life and learn from them. I said yesterday if we learn about resilience, if we really take on board what we're hearing this weekend, everything that, that Finton said, everything that Derek said yesterday, everything that Elaine said, if we take those things on board, we will learn how to be resilient. Because everything is geared up to drawing us into a closer relationship with God, a deeper understanding of who he is, so that we truly come to understand, well, this is my identity. I am a son of the living God. I am a daughter of the living God, and he loves me unconditionally. God 
cannot love you any more than he does today. God cannot love us any less than he does today. His love is unchanging. It doesn't depend on your past because that's dealt with at the cross. It doesn't depend on our performance, how good we are today, or how miserable, or how we've lost our temper, or how I'll get mad, or how I've felt disappointed with myself. God's love for you never, ever changes. Getting that result, being resilient, <coughs> we need to be reliant on God. That's how we guarantee resilience. That if we learn from what we've heard this weekend, that we become reliant on God in a new way, in a more real way, uh, that guarantees resilience as we go forward. For that, we, we need to know God deeper. We've heard a lot about the shallows, the midlands, the depth. And all of this is God calling us, come deeper. Come on in, deeper. Get to know me better. Allow me into all these different areas of your heart. We need to understand the nature of our relationship with him. There is no room for guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us have made unfortunate decisions in our lives that are sitting in this room. But God has dealt with all of those things so that he could give us all a brand new start. He drew a line in the sand. He's not interested. Don't remind him of your past. God's only interested in taking you forward into greater and greater things. And for you to reach your full potential in him. His great plans for you, for us, for me. Even at 82, David, eh? <laughs> David was saying to me a few minutes ago, I've just realised that even at my age, I'm usually the oldest person in the room. <laughs> He's given me a, a good nearly 10 years. <laughs> so David said, I've realised that I've got so much still to give. And I was saying to him, one of the things that's in short supply in the Church of Jesus Christ today is fathers. Yes. Amen. So we need to know God and we need to know him as father. We need to come and realize our new identity as children of God and the kind of relationship that we can have and we can enjoy. <clears throat> God is love. Now that's almost a throwaway among Christians. And God is love. Well, can we grasp what that means? The power of God, the message that God 
has gone to the nth degree to pour out and to give to the world. He loved the world. He created the world. He created each one of you. He knitted us together in our mother's womb. He said, I'll never forsake you. Even if a, a mother will forsake his child, I'll never forsake you. And there's some of us in here that have been forsaken by mothers, by fathers. God is love. We are created by love. We were created by God to receive love and to express love. And you see, a lot of our heads will be full of the different meanings of love that we've learned in the world. But you know this? The world cannot express in any way at all the love that God speaks of. Sadly, we're born into a sinful world where life and our experience get in the way of our view of what love is. Our, love, our view of love has maybe become corrupted. So we cannot accept that God loves us and we cannot receive and we certainly can't share it with others. All of our stories are different. But we all have one father who loves us unconditionally. Sometimes our view of Father God, I know this was my story, our view of, our view of Father God, I had never any difficulty with Jesus, never any difficulty with the Holy Spirit. But I had a difficulty, and it's only through coming in to this message that I understood that that was actually having an effect through most of my life. So I want to share that with you. My story was, even after I became a Christian, I found a difficulty uh, about relating to a loving Father, Father God. It was difficult for me to understand, and it took years, many years in fact, to understand what the root of that difficulty was. And then one day, in a quiet time, God showed me this. My father, my earthly father, good man, good provider, very respectable guy. Um, but as far as us, his children were concerned, he was distant, disengaged, and disinterested. Now I'm saying... I loved him, but in a, in a very real way, I didn't know him. So, I don't, I, I'm not standing here, I don't want to dishonour his memory, but I want to tell the truth. So, we've all got different stories, we're all, but there'll be something in each one of our lives that you'll be able to pin your own story to, to this area. I realised in that moment, in that quiet time, God started to speak to my heart about why I was experiencing that. And it was because my expectations of God, my Father in heaven, 
were that he was disinterested, distant and disengaged. That's what my expectations were. How wrong could I be? Let's watch this clip.
raised it up. Didn't he? He raised us up to more than we could ever hope to be. It's an amazing, it's an amazing video of that. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen it before this. But it's worth seeing again. Despite the pain, despite the hurt, despite the disappointment, despite the challenge that uh, that young man, Derek Redmond, faced, he finished the race. All of us can identify in our own lives the pain, the setbacks, the hurt, the disappointment. But guess what? Watch what happened when his father came on the scene. His father, his father came on the scene. Did you watch what happened? The security guys were coming. They so were trying to stop. He was saying, nothing's going to get between me and my son. Nothing's going to get in the way of me lifting him up and helping him to finish the race. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Dan. So, my, my mind needed to be renewed surrounding who my father was and who my father is. <clears throat> so that I can understand that he didn't love me as a group, a church, uh, part of Freedom Fighters, part of Broken Chains, uh, back, part of whatever organisation, or the world itself. He, he, he loves me individually. He loves you individually, just for you. And right at the very beginning of our journey, he accepts us just the way we are. But that's not where our loving God stops. Yes, he accepts us who we are, how we are, the state we're in, but he doesn't want to leave us there. First John 4.16 says this. John declared, and we have come to know and experience and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love. It goes on to say, And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. You know, we live in a country with divisions, with mistrust, um, with uh, sectarianism, in God's heart, God is love. In God's heart, there's no room for sectarianism. No room for division. No room for bigotry. The one who abides in love, abides in God, and God abides in him. Take note here. There's no qualification. There's nothing said about performance. Doesn't say you have to be a great preacher or an evangelist or popular or handsome or beautiful or successful. Nothing like that. 
He's simply, God is love and he simply loves us. Now, I'm very aware of this kind of message can sound like, oh, I've heard. Of course we know God loves us. But Finton, Finton uh, mentioned this about what today is about. This is more experiential. And what my prayer is today through what you're hearing from all of us, the videos, the presentation, that you will, you will have an experience of God's love for you. And you'll go away from this weekend with a deeper knowledge of how deep that love is. And if when we, as, we, as we believe that more deeply and deeply in, uh, uh, into our own hearts, that will draw us out of the shallows, draw us out of the midlands, and take us into the depths with God. Oh. God simply wants to fill us, fill you and me with love on a daily basis. His love is the water in your well. Do you know you are the apple of his eye? Do you know he feels nothing but perfect love when he thinks about you? His heart broke when he saw you treated badly. His heart broke when he saw you sinking into addiction. His heart broke when he saw you in the, in the pain of abandonment and rejection. His heart broke when he saw feeling um, my relationships falling apart. His heart broke when he saw the separation from your child. His heart broke when you lost your mother at a very early age or your father abandoned you. He feels nothing but perfect love for you. God seeks an intimate relationship with us and with you, with me. His desire is an intimate relationship. Do you know, one of the things that these retreats have shown me, right back from 2016 in Colorado, is how little we know, how little we understand about intimacy. And I'm particularly talking to the guys in this room. (laughs) Our sisters are far better at this than us. Because, you see, in our heads, intimacy, and I'm not going to ask you to share, (laughs) (laughs) I am not going to ask you to share the pictures and the voices that is going on in your head when I say the word intimacy. Guys, we need to learn what intimacy truly is. And once we learn it, be that with our wives, with our children, not to be so afraid of it. So right back in those days when your mess hadn't yet become your message, 
he was there planning a rescue to lift you out of the pain and the distress to heal you to support you to 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 get ready for your new beginning David yeah? he was there ready to support you just we saw Derek Revan his father supporting him come on son come on it'll not always be like this there'll be another day but even in his brokenness and his pain he finished the race so he's ready there to support right back in those days to come and support and mend our brokenness to get you to, to, to this place to this point to make you whole as you come to realise how deep is your love for me, Father. You, just you. God loves the world. And yes, he loves the church. As I said just a minute ago, but he doesn't love us in a group. He loves each and every single heart. Just you. Just you. Truly knowing that, truly understanding that truth changes everything. That truth of all the things that I've learned in my Christian life, that truth has wrought the, the biggest changes in my life in the life of my family, in the life of my marriage, in the life of my relationship with my children, in the life of my relationship with my grandchildren, now my great-grandchild. She's only two months, she doesn't know much yet. (laughs) (laughs) With my friends, with my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's from that place that we live. We're called to live from that place. And God knows the world certainly needs that. How do you view the world? What prism are you looking through? Are you you still looking through a prism of pain? Are you still looking at your life through a prism of disappointment in yourself? Mistakes? Is your vision, how you see things, a little bit distorted? God wants us to look through a prism of his love. In the knowledge that we are his sons and daughters, we are loved by him, and that is our new identity. That is the prism he wants us to look through. Everything that we're doing, I'm coming to this as a child of God. I'm not perfect. I probably never will be. But I am going to look at the world through the prism that I am a son of God. That's what will allow us to reach our full potential. It frees our God-given potential to love and to be loved. 
to treat our hearts well <coughs> and to be sensitive to the hearts of others secure in who we are can I tell you um, something a little bit about my own life before I had any inkling of this I remember um, some years ago young, ma- young married at the time a few years down the road and honestly I don't know how my marriage survived. I did not have a clue how to be a husband. I did not know how to be a father. God intervened and he showed me how to do it. Many a time, Many a time I felt like being a hundred miles down the Carlisle Road. <laughs> but God held us together. And he healed our hearts. And we came through a lot. And I have watched God do the same thing. With loads of marriages over these many years now. When we think and we think it's the end of the road. And you know, it, it happens in Christian marriages as much as out there. And sadly, I've seen it all too often in ministry marriages because the ministry becomes the focus. Yeah. <coughs> How many times have I seen uh, young women with their husbands on a platform <coughs> and their wives are looking miserable. And my wife was probably one of them. I'm being really honest. You see, why was that? I, I was like that because I wasn't insecure in who I was. I wasn't secure in my own identity. I hadn't yet learned what it is to be a son of the living God and a son of a father who loved me. I'm still the boy with a distant, disengaged, disinterested father. God wants us to feel secure. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've never felt secure. Maybe there's good reasons why you've never felt secure. But he wants us to look through a prism of security, knowing who we are, mm-hmm. confident who we are, not, not, not cocky, not overconfident, but just simply knowing I know who my dad is. I know who my dad is. What happens? Selfishness falls away. I started to look at my wife and realised who I had. I started to realise what a gift God had given me. 
We were married for 46 years. The biggest part of them were happy. But we had our battles, we had our things to go through, and most of it was down to me. Not saying she was perfect. But I needed to become secure. The selfishness falls away. You start to see things differently. You start to see people differently. No need to compare anymore. No need to compete anymore. Coming to this truth has changed my life. God has spoken to me many times about how important this message is. When I came to this truth, and I'm still in the journey, just like all of us in this room, my life changed and the life of people around me changed too. You see, when you truly know you're loved by God, you see things differently. You see people differently. You hear God differently. Some years ago, I belonged to a Christian community called Sword of the Spirit. And um, Elaine and Finton belonged to the same Christian community in a different country, in a different city. Uh, But I belonged to the Sword of the Spirit. And I'm telling you this because it demonstrates what I'm talking about. Um, I loved being in that community. Um, I'd been saved for a number of years, um, but I felt I wanted more. And so the logical step seemed to be find a Christian community. So my wife and I decided to join with her two girls, and we joined the Sword of the Spirit. Everything was great. I had a great relationship with the pastor there. Um, there was a real sense of unity. Uh, the worship was fabulous. Um, everything was good. But there was one difficulty I had. And there was this one person. This one man. I'm, still, I'm a very young man, just young married, two kids. I just could not get this guy at all. I just did not take to him. And I knew that he wasn't taking to me very well either. But it bothered me. And I, I took it to God. We're head, heading to the gathering this Sunday morning. Took it to God. And I said, I don't really understand why I feel like this. I've, I barely know the guy. I've barely spoken to him. But there's this thing there. It's, diff- it's difficult. So I drove up to the building this Sunday morning. As I parked the car, here he's coming, walking down the other way. Instead of my usual reaction, I felt this strange thing. Suddenly, I was glad to see him. I never felt glad to see him. Honestly, Alison, I was never glad to see this guy. But I felt glad to see him. I felt a joy in my heart. And I felt, truthfully, I wasn't falling in love with him. (laughs) (laughs) But but, 
but but I kind of felt I could tolerate him. <laughs> I want to be honest. So he's walking towards me. I get out of the car in my wee Suzuki car. It was amazing, four of us got in that car. Shut the door behind me, walked up, and we met at the front door of our community. I looked at him, he looked at me, and we fell into each other's arms. What? And it just happened. I'm saying to myself, what has just happened? What had happened was God changed my heart. Yes. Whatever prism I was looking at this young man through, God had taken that away. And it, I was looking at him in a different way altogether. God put a prayer in my heart around that time. And he said, I want you to see your brothers as I see them. I want you to see your brothers and sisters like I see them. God had changed my heart towards him. I was able to love him as a brother. I actually sat beside him. I was telling Elaine yesterday. I actually sat together and really, I think, had one of the most memorable, joyful uh, meetings that I'd ever had in the years I was in the community. God can do that. God does that. He does that in marriages. He does that in friendships. He does that with your next door neighbour. God can do that. And he can do it in all sorts of relationships. I want to share with you intimately and personally today what God's love does. It's intimate, it's personal, it heals your heart, it makes you capable of more than you would ever have believed of yourself. As a pastor, you deal with lots of situations, lots of relational things. And uh, at this particular time I'm talking about, I was doing a lot of men's ministry, dealing with all sorts of men's issues. God spoke directly to me at that time. And he said to me, I want you to be a mirror for your brother. Very often, very often when people go through difficulties, they go through a crisis of one sort or another, they simply cannot see themselves in their true identity. And God was saying to me, hold up a mirror and tell them who they truly are. Wind the clock back uh, forward a number of years. <coughs> Here's Derek and I in a golf club for a couple of nights playing, when we playing golf. We were praying together. And I heard him singing Michael Jackson, The Man in the Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
Do you know, and it, that came right up to the surface for me wow. that day. Wow. God wants us to be a mirror. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes God needs us to be a mirror for a brother. I'll tell you another thing he needs us to be. Sometimes we need God with skin on. Don't we? Yeah. You know, we know God's there as our Heavenly Father. We know Jesus. We greatest expression of love ever told, the greatest story ever t- told, as he hung on the cross and he died for all our sin, all our sickness, all our brokenness, all our pain, all our rejection, all our humiliation, all our adjuring love. But sometimes we need God with skin on. Sometimes we just need a hug. Amen. Sometimes we just need an arm around our shoulder. And to say those words, it'll be okay. <coughs> All will be well. This past year, God has told me we had a meeting. Uh, this is a, our men's group were away uh, for an overnight, and uh, we were kind of asking God, you know our priority for the coming year. This was at the beginning of last year. And God God spoke a word deep into my being. One of the things as you grow in these things, you'll learn how to really truly recognize God's voice because it becomes so impactful. It hits you like a bus. And this particular day, I was saying to God, What's my priority to be for 2022? And he said, very simply, make love your priority. And I've learned, thankfully through this ministry, I've learned when God speaks like that, take him seriously. So I, I dedicated myself to that word that God gave me. What happened from that? God started to talk to me in all different meetings that we have. He was giving me instruction, do this, do this, do this. I'm talking about practical things. We're talking about super spiritual stuff. I'm not talking about being on my knees for 24 hours or fasting for days. Do this, do this, do this for your two daughters. Tell them that I spoke to you about this. Do this, see this to your granddaughter. I was going through stuff just now. See this to your brother. Do you know, honestly, 2022 has been one of the most amazing years of my life. Why? Because I've acted on what God has spoken into my heart. You see, what we're actually talking about here, what we're actually talking about is developing an intimate relationship with God. One that you feel comfortable in secure in you know who you are 
And it's no, that does not make you think you are better than anybody else. If anything, you're the servant of all. It's, he wants an intimate relationship with you so you can hear his voice. You can hear his instructions for your life. He's, I said last night, God's got plenty to say. See that, um, see that friend you're estranged from? See that friend that you, you love in your heart, but you don't see him or to see her? Let God speak to you about that. When we're here for fighting for the hearts of our children, God put something in my heart to say this day when I was sharing about my personal stuff. And it was about, uh, God told me once, he said, I want you to text your girls every morning and every night. At the start of every day, now I see them a lot. They live quite close by me. But he said to me, text them the first thing you get up in the morning Text your girls. Tell them that you love them. The last thing at night, text them, how's your day doing? Every day. Alison came to me. Uh, and she started to do this with her boys. What's happened, Alison? Um, it was his birthday. Today's his birthday. And Wednesday came for dinner. Mm. Um, he baby steps building the relationship again with him, just affirming them what you said and telling them how much I love them, how proud are they? Simple. Simple. Simple acts of kindness. Now, I know, I don't know all the stories intimately, but I know that some of us are dealing with difficult things in our families. Um, you know, what's happening with our kids? Uh, maybe we've been estranged from them for a while. David was telling me uh, yesterday about what's happening with his family. First time in seven years, David, you were sitting around a Christmas table with him. Amazing. Um, so, he wants to speak to us about these different areas, and he wants us to be a conduit of God's love towards them. What's happening to my daughter? They were brought up in the church, but they're more in the world now. Well, do you know, honestly, the worst thing you can do is Bible bashing. The best thing you can do is assure them of your love. Because as parents, we can express unconditional love towards our kids. Nothing on earth will separate me from my girls. Nothing. 
God wants us that the, the importance of us understanding how loved we are is so that we can, we can move out into the world, into our families, and be able to express that love towards them. But especially those that are around us, especially those that we love, especially those that we are walking through life with. Knowing all of this deepens our intimacy with God. God wants us to walk in our true identity and that is that we are his chosen ones. Now, I don't know about you, but looking around the room, uh, we're the most unlikely lot of chosen ones. I mean, if I'm honest, I wouldn't choose you. <laughs> but thank God, God did. And he chose me. I'm quite sure you wouldn't choose me either. We are, we are created in God's image. And God is love. Can I leave you with this? A couple of questions for you to consider. And whose image have you been walking in? <clears throat> Once you answer that, here's the next question. When we leave here tomorrow at lunchtime, in whose image are you going to walk in? Do you see yourself as created in God's image? And a lover of people. You see, there'll be other voices that will say other things to you. But none of that is the truth. The truth is that you are created in the image of God. And He is love. Don't allow your image to be tied up in any other thing. Even the good things. Your job, your achievements, your ministry, success. Uh, we don't want to tie ourselves up with images that are tied to what we do. We need to have an image that's tied to what Jesus has done for us. And then we're free. You know, that's the thing here then we're free to truly live and to walk into that life that Jesus talks to us about. You know, because he just doesn't want us to have a life. Get a life. He wants us to have an abundant life. Full of love, full of adventure. Full of great things that God has created for us. Look at the world Look at the world that Fenton showed us this morning. My goodness me. Even with all the trials, the tribulations, the challenges of our world as we find it today, we still live in a magnificent setting that God has placed us in. Finally, I'll say this. 
God's love is a mighty shield. God's love protects us as we experience all the things that the world can throw at us. And you know, God, that shield is made of the love of God. It's the love of God, his love for you and I, that protects us, that is our shield. And God's love, let me finish with this last sentence. God's love is the most powerful force in the universe. Not the nuclear bomb, not our ability to destroy one another, not the hate that we see demonstrated in the world. The most powerful force in the in our universe is God's love, and that is what we can hold up to protect our lives. Hold up the, that shield of love and let the world see it. Amen. Amen. been the Freedom Fighter podcast. Thanks for listening everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Until next time, God bless you.